Off the ball. He is desperate to beat Shearer's record. There's no doubt about that. If he does beat Shearer's record, that record may last forever. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Off the ball daily. Now, you're very welcome back. So, with further thoughts on Manchester City's Champions League win, very happy to say John Bruin is with us. Good evening. Good evening, Joe. How are you? Very well. So, Manchester City's treble winning season. The obvious mm. point of comparison is Manchester United in 99. That's been very much the uh, thread of conversation over the last couple of weeks. Um, very, very different in so many ways. If Manchester United was last-ditch heroics, Man City has been um, uh, keeping everybody firmly at arm's length demonstration of sophistication and brilliance and probably hasn't quite captured the imagination. Did it uh, move you, John? Did it grab you? How did you feel on Saturday as you watch an English club do something which is remarkable? I mean, it's a remarkable achievement and for most of us it just it didn't seem to have the magic in the air that it really should have had. I, I would share that sentiment, yeah. The, 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 the magic wasn't quite there. Now, um why would that be? Those are the big questions. I, I, okay, let's start with the fact that City are so so dominant, and and it has been. Okay, let's not set aside Arsenal's efforts uh, in the Premier League. They had an excellent season, um, the cup final. In all honesty, you know, City held Manchester United at arm's length. But you know, go back to the '99 treble, you could say that. Manchester United did the same to Newcastle back then, so that's you know, the league. But this, but the final itself, um, yeah, a, a fairly cold spectacle. Um, I thought I thought Inter played very well, uh, but you know they did everything right, and and almost got into how to stop City. It's just that they forgot how to not concede a goal and they forgot how to score. And, you know, that was very glib, but they were sort of close. It wasn't as easy for City as we'd expected. Um, And from watching the game and talking to a few people that were there, it did feel as if the emotion, particularly among the City staff rather than the fans, was that of relief. That this treble, there was a certain point, maybe... March, April, when you suddenly thought, hang on, City could do the treble here. Because back in February, it was Manchester City in a title race. And we, we hadn't considered the FA Cup and Champions League. It almost felt like it's a relief. It's done now. City have conquered the Champions League. They have no more worlds to conquer. Um, and Guardiola, his whole... yeah, it's, Of course, uh, has that manic demeanour. But... Um, he seemed relieved as well. And uh, this morning, um, working this morning, you get this report out of City that he will see out two more years of his contracts, um, which you begin to think, well, is, so what's the plan then? Is it to create the dynasty of winning two more Champions League? What follows next? Mm. Um, and the thing is, um, you know, as Roy Keane, the, you know, the, the, the leader of that treble team, uh, always said, was that, the thing is, once you win things, it's always on to the next thing. And um, as happy as the City fans are, and, you know, they're currently filling the Dean's Gate in waiting for, for those um, for the, the, the open-top bus, um, 
it doesn't stop there. The work doesn't stop there. Um, and does a treble in 2023 mean as much as in 1999? I'm not sure it does. But then again, I'm not a Manchester City fan. So let's put it that way. Yeah. But I do think that the Manchester United treble uh, felt like more of an event yeah. to the neutrals than this city treble does for various reasons. The money spent, and not least um, you know, under the uh, cloud of the 115 charges, looms large. And City mm. have already had to pay a fine to UEFA, lest we forget. The ease with which they breezed through the knockout stages, you know, they stick seven past Leipzig. They destroy Bayern Munich. That 3-0 was not even a reflection of just how good they were. They destroy Real Madrid 4-0 and they don't play very well against Inter, but they get the job done and you sort of felt like they always would. It's it's not like there aren't great pockets of emotion or likability here. I mean, Jack Grealish's interview where he's too emotional really to be coherent is just charming, as every Jack Grealish interview yeah, is yeah. And, he's, and he's incredibly likeable. Um, but I, I like the defining difference. I think is Ferguson football, bloody hell! This sense of wonder. Like in '99, the line would have been said by everybody: "We will never see this again." This was a miracle. This was a miracle. Yeah. And now I think, gun to your head, will City do the treble again next year or not? I'd probably. It's say, entirely possible, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, decent chance on all fronts. I got to say. Yeah, yeah, and, and actually, I think you drive at a very good point, which is um, set aside the Premier League, set aside the FA Cup. I think the Champions League has been a very disappointing competition this season. Yeah. Now, again, let's not, you know, let's not, that's not City's fault, but I think European um, clubs are flagging. Uh, there was this point where it was pretty much Real Madrid up against the English clubs, as it's been for the last few years. They pushed on in years, and now. We we have Manchester City who dominate England, who should be dominating England, then it should be dominating Europe. That's a, it's a natural run of things. Um, and, yeah, and, and the thing is, I, I think you make a good point about the drama of the event. Now, of course, today uh, I was writing a piece about um, Silvio Berlusconi, of course. Now, um, football man, despite everything else, and, uh, you know, bunga bunga, all that stuff, uh, he was a football man. And consider the drama... And the majesty, uh, certainly for people of my age, of of that Milan club back in 88, 89, 90, 94, and then into the 2000s, you know, of like a mega club, of like, you know, Milan dripped glamour, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, and they had these world stars um, and... Um, you know, they maybe Berlusconi invented this idea of the super club, and you know, obviously Pep Guardiola himself has taken a lot of the stylings from that pressing game that that, that Sarchi brought to to football. And yet, Manchester City are a, a, an amalgam of all those things, with with money spent beyond even Silvio Berlusconi's um, dreams, and it arrives. And yeah, there is this rather cold feeling and you look to the you know to the to, to the roster when the uh well in, in the, the box where you've got Gianni Infantino you've got Seferin you've got and you've got the head of a government that own of a country that own this club mm. and that is a very different thing now of course Silvio Berlusconi was a, a prime minister of the country while he owned Milan so this has been done before but it feels rather different because the the, the the influence of geopolitics and the way that the game has changed and the way that the game has become 
this very big tool. Uh, and let's say, I think someone was saying the other day, I think it's very true, you know, um, Abu Dhabi, it's about soft power, but when a club like Newcastle is bought by Saudi Arabia, well, then you've got hard power because, you know, Saudi Arabia are a, are a big power. And this is the way that it's shifting. And when journalists like, you know, our friend Miguel Delaney kick against that, they're criticised and you have, you know, they haven't been hassled by Manchester City fans for not believing in their dream. And it feels to me that City, if you're a City fan, fine, go and enjoy yourself. But you can't let other people not have doubts about that mm. and not have the questions that they raised against that. Now, Manchester United back in 99, well, you know, uh, they're owned by uh, a PLC. Um, the money originally came from... Uh, you know, Martin Edwards, uh, if you're from sort of my part of the world, the Edwards family were known as the butchers that provided, you know, dodgy school dinners for you. <laughs> it, you know, this is how it was back back then. Um, football clubs have been owned by people of dodgy reputations through history, yeah. including Silvio Berlusconi. This felt different, uh, and the, but it's almost like the surgical fashion with which... Guardiola did this. All credit to him. He's absolutely mastered football. But yeah, coldness. Coldness is what was shared. And I think, like, I do, I, you obviously won't have watched the footage over, uh, or maybe not, the footage over here on, on BT, you know, outgoing broadcasters. And it was like a celebration of something that I'm not sure the audience was celebrating with them. No, I, I do want to talk to you about BT. Um, I've never felt so out of kilter watching anything in my life, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, seen. And by the way, when you talk about that surgical um, precision, because it would be obviously completely wrong of us and neither of us are saying that Manchester United were a universally popular entity in 1999. Absolutely they not. They were, you know, beyond all... Yes. Loaded, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and much, much, much more by the Manchester City. Yeah. Well, in a way, that's the point that there was a vibrancy yeah. there that compelled a reaction either way. And so there were England fans who did stand up and 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 chant at matches, stand up if you hate United, and lots of people stood up. But at least there was like a, a reaction either way. On the surgical precision point, amazing stats on City's treble versus United's treble. So goals scored, not too far off actually. And to be fair, like that United team would be remembered as a free-scoring attacking team. So Absolutely. Uh, City won 4-9, United won 2-8. Goals conceded City a meagre 33 to United 60. And then I suppose the defining one, the win percentage across the season. City 73%, United 58%. So... You know, draws, just, as I recall. That, yeah. that, that, that lack that of last minute draws. Yeah, 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 Precisely. yeah, yeah. So it just all felt very different. On the BT Sport um, point, so uh, a fair proportion of people over here would get BT Sport if they're um, if yeah. they're paying out for it. Uh, they, they've had about a decade now, um, and they're obviously rebranding as TNT Sport. And Jay Comfrey, their lead presenter, is. Um, departing the scene to uh, he's stepping back was how he put it to concentrate mm. on other projects so I have to say I don't think and it's just based on social media and maybe anecdotal conversations and, and, and Saturday night was a particular encapsulation I think it's probably the most maligned football coverage I can think of yeah 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 I, 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 th I think so and I, I often think I mean listen um uh, you know, I used to work for ESPN uh, and uh, 
for whom BT inherit quite a lot of coverage. And I know that it's difficult to do this stuff, right? Yeah. You work in TV yourself, Joe. You know this. Um, but I do think that there has there's been some, some real missteps. I think I, 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 there was an issue earlier this season. Um, I think actually the Milan semi-final where the pundits clearly did not know much about Milan. What they knew about Milan was like, you know, Kaká used to play for them and Shevchenko. It was of that level. They've had to rethink it. They've had people like Jamie Horncastle, I know you know, an expert. You know, he's a total world expert on Italian football. That works. But it's the cheerleading factor. Now, it's always been one of those things that's amused me. Now, back in the ITV days, you'd have things like Clive Tildesley commentating on a Wednesday night match at Old Trafford, and he'd say, you know, good news reaches us from Stamford Bridge. And I'd think, well... He's probably going to say Chelsea have scored. Well, most Manchester United fans, their 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 version of good news would be Chelsea conceding a goal to Fiorentina, whoever they were playing. There is this cheerleading thing, this idea that we all want English teams to do well in Europe. I don't think it exists. Not not in in, in any amongst English fans that I know, or those that are particularly um, passionate fans. Um, and yeah, th- this. There were some real missteps in it, and you know, you, it's difficult. It's hard to criticise individuals because you understand that you know production can go wrong, and it's it's all of a piece. But you had this uh, this thing with uh, Julian Lescott. Julian Lescott, yeah, a Manchester City player, one of the players that I think played in their first breakthrough. So they won a title with him in defence, and they won the FA Cup with him. They were talking to Julian Lescott. You know, what, how are your nerves now, Julian? Now, Julian Lescott is from Wolverhampton, was a Villa fan played more games for Wolves and Everton than he did for City. Now, obviously, he made his fortune, his fame and fortune with City, but City did sell him at a certain point. And he had to sort of act as this super fan. It was really... It, it, it misfired as as a as an idea. But he, it's, um, it's, and then, he embraced the role. Yeah, I mean, you know... He did. You, oh, well, I'm pretty, not sure. pretty nervous, pretty nervous. And then I, even at the end... He takes time out to, you know, praise the people behind the scenes and makes a real point of praising the owner who, you yeah. know, is attending his second ever Manchester City game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, again, it just feels like these are odd choices to be making. I, it's all look, it's it's a criticism generally of, 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 of pundits across the board. Like it's not like Neville and, and Carragher are hiding their allegiances. And, and no, I guess no, there's no. an honesty about that. But. I, I don't when when there is such controversy about the club to be praising the owner as if it's Jack Walker in tears you know we did it boys yeah. that that's a more complicated decision to make and it, it's a decision you need to actually think about yeah yeah I mean listen we've had this before I mean you know we had uh, when Leicester won the league you know suddenly the king of Thailand is wheeled out and uh, you know suddenly it was all brave and that is a slightly questionable thing because we don't know what what that might may represent but I think in Abu Dhabi we do, and I think BT made a few mistakes because, okay, and I know you're you, you're an aficionado of Jack Grealish, but you also had the Kyle Walker thing. Kyle Walker came out and gave a very honest interview about how he's from a very poor part of Sheffield. Uh, you know how his his mother didn't have uh, a quid to buy him a, a nice lolly and all mm-hmm. that, and it, this was almost brushed aside by but DJ Comfrey, Rio Ferdinand's. What's the first drink you're going to go out there and get? Come on now, you've got a story to tell here. You've got a human side because the thing that Manchester City require is a human side yeah. to sell to people, to to make people think, okay, there's more to it. You know, you've got Phil Foden, a, a, a City fan as a, as a boy. You've got 
you know, every one of those players, I mean, you know, Gundogan in Turkey or, you know, a lot of stories to tell. And Gundogan ended up, Des Kelly ended up asking for an autograph from him. Yeah. I mean, Des Kelly is a, you know, I know Des Kelly is a nice guy. But Des Kelly was a, you know, pretty high ranking journalist. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah. You know. Like, it, it is hard to know what they're trying to do. I mean, they're they're certainly appealing to Man City fans, and they're they're yeah, you know that 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 seems to be the um, the editorial. But is that not line. a reaction? Is that not a reaction to some of the? I would imagine uh, that uh, Manchester City fans have kicked back. Yeah, and they've had that criticism, and that's their reaction to it. I think that's a big I, part. I, of I it. think that's true. I think the modern era television companies are hyper aware of what's been said on social media and so allowed Man City contingent contingent will I think register but like it's it's a, like the decade I think has been maligned in general Saturday was a particular example because you, you kind of feel as a as a viewer like I, I'm kind of trusting this entity to employ certain journalistic standards and so to cover Man City and, and to not address in a very meaningful way this massive cloud this massive mm. cloud unprecedented cloud hanging over their spending in their season to not even address that is just wrong like it, it, there's no argument for that and maybe they feel oh, that'll spoil the mood or spoil the party but you, you're not just there to have a party like you're there to have interesting discussion and, and, and to explain to a viewer who might not be reading you know the granular details on, on that 115 uh charge situation uh, against them to, to explain that to them in, in some shape or form but the thing like you know at full time Darren Fletcher says something along the lines of I don't know the verbatim quote but it's along the lines of you know the greatest kind of story in club football has its ending yeah. uh, but that was like someone pulling up, pulling up a handbrake on the coverage I mean it's a lot of things it's not the greatest story in club football or certainly, no. or certainly, if it is, then Darren is not referring to the chapters two thousand and eight to twenty twenty two. This is like it, it's played as like Swindon Town here have come from League One to become champions of Europe, and then you know I, I, I don't know what they expected from Mario Balotelli, but like, I quite, I quite enjoyed him. I, 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 I enjoyed his glibness and and the idea of just like, why did you ask me? Yeah, but you, like, it, it, so you enjoyed rubbernecking on an absolute car crash, but I mean, like. <laughs> But, but but even that suggests okay he played for Inter played for City has dropped him in even that suggests they they have no intention of having a serious conversation about no. how we are to feel about this Man City team this project I don't know it, 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 it I, I think they're almost actually if I was to boil it down to a sentence they're giving the intelligence of the vast majority of viewers no credit and they're Absolutely. appeasing I- a loud mob who were like you know like you'd almost have to come out wearing Man City jerseys and and jump up and down for them to be happy. So like, who cares about them? Well, well the, th- the thing is, Joe, of course, like to, to have a BT uh, uh, subscription is a considerable uh, investment financially. Yeah. So you're presumably going to have a considerable interest in football. That's it. And I do, I do agree. You've got to treat the audience with a bit more respect than that. And um, you know, even. Blessed Richard Keyes, uh, I'm told, ran through, uh, you know, a, a significant portion of what the charges mean and what it could mean, and, and the, the cloud hanging over. But John, sorry, I, I get, like so Richard Keyes, you know, <laughs> many many failings. There's a journalistic instinct there. He's a journalist, yes, and a 100 percent on the biggest night of the season, 
with this massive cloud, if we're not addressing this, if we're not talking about this, we're just not doing our job. Like, what is the point of being here otherwise? And I, look, after the West Ham game, the party, absolutely. Should yeah. you bring it up uh, just after Jack Grealish has come over in tears? And, and, and is that the moment to bring it up? Probably not. Like, I, I, you got to be fair and understand there is a tone to set, but to just like whitewash the thing. I, I think I think another another criticism I would make is um, now we go back a year to Paris when you know something really nasty nearly happened. Yeah, it didn't. It was nasty enough. Um, BT acted as if nothing was happening there, and there was a point where I mean I know Jer was there for you, and you know obviously I have colleagues that were at the game. And friends that were there as City fans, and there's a mounting problem of people having to go to this stadium. I was there in 2005, and I was looking at it and thinking they haven't improved it since 2005. Mm. They haven't improved the logistics. And BT again, oh, the City fans are a bit late. Why are they late? You know, uh, what? And um, oh, the City the City bus is a bit late. Why is it late? Mm. Ask the question. Tell the tell the story of what is going on. And of course. Again, I suppose if you're a host broadcaster, you've got a contract with the UEFA, you don't like to criticise the people that provide you with the, the deal, but you have to. Yeah, it does strike, because again, it's, the criticism they get is probably like OTT, like everything in football, it's just toxic. You know, any, Absolutely. A, any kind of interaction I have with football at Twitter, it's really grim. Um, so it's, it's, yeah. it's horrific. And I suspect somehow they've lost their confidence and they're trying to be as inoffensive to as many people mm. as possible. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, yeah, we say this and it relaunches in you know, yeah. a couple of months. We will see uh, that um, actually from talking to people involved there, it's all very opaque. They've shut down the office, uh, which used to be at the, the old um, Olympic Park that, uh, where you will have, uh, I know you worked over here for the yeah. uh, Olympics. That's gone. They're back over to West London, where most TV production is done, and no one knows anything. It's as much as, as from from speaking to colleagues, um, whether it's going to be uh, you know dumbed down, cheapened, or whether they're going to have who the presenters are going to be. It did look to me as though Rio Ferdinand fancies being a presenter rather than a pundit uh, in some of his interactions on there. That's just a, a hunch that I've got. Yeah. But what I was, but the. Um, but it is, uh, yeah, we just don't know what to expect from them, this this new company. And th- there is a long way back from what we saw that night because it was a it was a disaster, really, for them. Yeah. And, yeah, as a sign-off, ouch. Mm. Yeah, uh, we are pretty much... It's, hey, listen, it's lucky we're so great, right? So Well, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, listen, I'm I mean, I, 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 <laughs> Joe... I've written some absolute rubbish in my time and I've spoken some absolute rubbish to you over the years, you know. This is this is how it's done and, you know, nobody's perfect, of course. But there was a rather ill-starred thing and uh, considering what had happened the previous year and considering um, what it meant and considering the issues that were there, they took their eye off the ball. It's a shame and I'm, I'm sure there's a few wounds being licked there and, you know... Uh, let's see what goes on next time with Manchester City in next year's Champions League final because I think they'll be there, don't you? Yeah, I would guess so, to be honest. John Brune, always a pleasure. Thanks, Mill. Cheers, Joe.